0: Today we're going to talk about the miracle of life and and what that looks like. And as part of that, last year, because I'm always so far ahead, I, I... Uh, Went in and talked to Christina, and I said, Hey, would you mind doing this with me? Now, Christina is the executive director of CareNet in Santa Maria, and we'll get to that. We don't want this to sound like an infomercial for CareNet, it might sound like that a bit, but we're going to get to what she does in in just a little bit. But I figured since I am a dude and I've never carried a baby inside of myself, it'd be kind of good to have somebody who has talk about the miracle of life and what that kind of means in there. So, I'm going to ask you, Christina, as we start here, uh, from a mom's perspective, talk about the miracle of life and what that means and what it looks like for you.
1: Yeah, well, actually, okay, now I'm totally off, huh? Okay, no, yes? Can you all hear me? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So the miracle of life really is an amazing thing. For those of you who have um, had pregnancies, you may know that as well. But really, just from that moment of conception, um, God's creation of what that is, um, if you were able to go back and research any of that, um, our bodies are filled with cells, and each cell has 46 chromosomes, except the two sex cells. I'm just going to say sex in church, just so you guys know.
0: And they're used to it. They're okay.
1: Okay, good. So, um,
0: I've said much worse. <laughs>
1: So, all your cells have 46 chromosomes except two the egg and the sperm. And it's only until those two are joined together does it make 46, which is compatible with life. And so, that itself to me is a miracle in, in what God has created. And when those two are joined, the tissues, the, the organs, the brain if you ever do any research on the brain or the eye, just from that what we can form, what women form in their bellies as humans truly is a miracle. And even if you further research fetal development, that a woman, before she even finds out she's pregnant, that the heart is already beating. And at eight weeks, which is just two months, and sometimes women don't even know then, everything is formed. That's eight weeks. Arms, legs, fingers, toes eyes the whole body all that's left to develop are the lungs and liver and those are last and then the baby just needs to grow so truly is um, a miracle and i was even sharing in first service too about um, the sperm and the egg it actually has to be the right sperm with the right egg Um, there's a protein that's found in that sperm where that egg will not let it in unless it is that right protein
0: you yeah, talked about, like, uh, the dads with shotguns that kind of ride along with that egg as it goes down the fallopian tube. Yes. Yeah. Well, I, I yeah,
1: so there's cells that surround that egg, kind of protectors, chaperones, if you will. And so when that right sperm... And they
0: keep all the bad oh, boys away. Okay.
1: Yes, yes. Thank you, men with shotguns. And um, so, yeah, so when it's...
0: That, sorry, sorry. For those... Or garden hoses.
1: Okay. Those aren't as effective. <laughs>
0: Whoa. (laughs) Okay. So, So
1: you have, yes. So the right. So when you guys think about yourselves, that you were the right sperm for the right egg to create you, that is a God thing. And that is amazing that he did that. So each one of you truly was meant to be.
0: And at the, you were mentioning how at the, even at the moment of conception, you know, the, the sex is there. It's yes. it's done. Yes. The
1: eyes, so, the gender, yes, all the you who prayed, you know, during pregnancy, I wanted to be a girl, it's already determined. And that's determined yep. by the sperm, just so you guys know.
0: There um, you go. So it's like, God, let me that's have that's a girl. It's too late. It's right. too late. <laughs> <laughs> So for so for you, you know, as a mom, what what did that mean for you? I mean, this this idea, because you know, you had you had three children, you had one miscarriage as well. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what does what does that mean for you as someone who carries this life and as it grows inside of you? What I mean, how does that help you understand God's grace better and the miracle of who He is?
1: Yeah, well, certainly, um, my first pregnancy was done a little bit differently. I was not married. Um, I was not in a very good relationship at that time either. Um, I call it my crisis pregnancy, which is really what led me into getting involved in CareNet. And so that part wasn't really so much of, of a beautiful beginning for me um, until really he was born. And I see him now at age 22 and all these amazing things that he's done as a person. Um but for that, um, just to think of um, fetal development and, and having that baby growing inside, and when you first feel those movements, you know, even though it might be a kick you know, up into your, what feels like your throat or whatever, <laughs> it really is a miraculous thing. And to think just from a sperm and an egg, what that created. If anyone has ever witnessed the miracle of birth and the baby that comes out, I mean, you just cannot, no matter how that baby was conceived, you just cannot be angry at that moment of birth because it is such a beautiful, miraculous thing. I
0: was going to say, I went to public school and they showed this on a video and I was like, I don't need to see that again.
1: Okay. <laughs> what is the person you love? It's a little different. I
0: don't know. I'd be like, I am so sorry. That- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, so, but this kind of leads into directly, you know, who you are and what you do. So, you know, again, this is Christina Sultan. She's the executive director of CareNet, but what is CareNet and why should we care? Yeah.
1: Well, um, CareNet has been serving Santa Maria for 29 years, and so all of our services are free. And back about 27 years ago, there was a mother in Santa Maria who found out that her daughter had had an abortion. And it absolutely crushed her. Her daughter's behavior started to spiral out of control. She didn't know what was going on with her until that news came out. And it just really broke this mom's heart for losing a grandchild. And also just seeing what her daughter had gone through. And she just really went to God and said, you know what, God, there's got to be a place. There's got to be a place where young girls can go to, where women can go to of any age who find themselves... In a crisis pregnancy or needing to make a pregnancy decision where they can go and get other options And as God is so good about when you go about his business I mean, it's it's this great story of how he then brought other women and men alongside her that God had planted in their hearts To have a pregnancy center in Santa Maria And so in 1990 what was then called Central Coast Pregnancy Center first opened its doors And so now here we are 29 years later, still operating and doing very well. We see, um, last month we saw over 95 clients who came in, provided over 200 units of service. Some of them needed multiple units of service. But to have CareNet here in our community is such a blessing for anyone who needs to make not only a pregnancy decision, I had someone come up to me first service, and she needed an ultrasound. That's also a service that we provide. And she needed an ultrasound because she had a miscarriage. And she was just a little bit shaky and unsure and just wanted to know that her baby was okay. And so we were able to get her in and show that and give her that peace of mind. So if anybody is needing our services, um, we can definitely help from parenting classes. And like I said, everything that we do is free. And it's only because of donations. Element is a huge supporter of CareNet. Some of you here maybe are monthly donors. Um, different churches. We have fundraisers um, a couple of times a year, and it's only through that funding, we don't get any government funding, that we can stay in business and continue offering service to anyone. It doesn't matter, low income, no income, tons of income, it doesn't matter. Just anyone who needs our services, we can provide that for them.
0: And so, what what are the services? Because like last service you talked about, you know, all the classes you offer from you know from before birth all the way up through adolescence and raising kids and that yes. kind of thing.
1: Yeah. So, so parenting classes is a big deal. About um, with what we do, we do over a hundred classes a month.
0: There's a lot of parents in here, so that they...
1: Okay. So, are your kids <laughs> unruly? Um, Come see us. <laughs> So all the way through teenagers. And, you know, raising kids is no joke. You know, it's certainly not for the faint of heart. And just when we think we have it down, all of a sudden it's like, ooh, what is that? And um, so our classes are a way um, that you can then get that education and just get that support that you need that you otherwise wouldn't have. Um, And and it's really good, especially for clients who come in who have tested positive for pregnancy. And it's a way that we can see them through their entire pregnancy because I think, unfortunately, in the pro-life movement, there's this thing, there's this saying of, okay, yeah, so you want them to keep the baby and then what are you gonna do? How are you gonna help them? And I'll tell you how we're going to help them. You know, it's like they can come in weekly for parenting classes. We can supply them with baby diapers and clothing because that stuff's expensive. And then we can also give them the education and the training, the resources if they need, outside resources, whatever that looks like. We can walk them through their entire pregnancy. If they're looking to place for adoption, we can give them information on that as well. So it's not just sort of a one-stop shop. You know, they can come in and get whatever resources that we need need.
0: So which uh, kind of goes to, there's a, there's a lot of negative publicity nowadays if you haven't seen about pregnancy centers and what they are and what they do and things like that. Uh, so how do you talk about that or combat that in a, really a Christ-centered way that's not reactionary, but just, you know. Yeah. And
1: actually, if you just YouTube it, I'll just throw it out there because sometimes I go on YouTube and I'm like, yeah, I kind of want to see what they're
0: saying. About I go in the YouTube hole sometimes as well.
1: <laughs> yeah. oh my gosh you're like how do I get on puppies but um
0: I never end on puppies. I end up puppies. on like the guy that runs into a wall on his ATV I'm like huh hey. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: I like puppies <laughs> but anyway, so um, <laughs> so if you go on YouTube and I usually just search like pregnancy centers or whatever you know and they have these undercover people that go in and yes there are some pregnancy centers that um, minister to women in a not it's just not effective in how they do that. The thing about CareNet, if you're not familiar with CareNet, we're part of 1,100 centers nationwide. So our headquarters is in Virginia. And so we do have strict um, policy and procedures and guidelines of what we follow when we are talking to a client who needs to make that pregnancy decision. Um, unfortunately, this negative publicity that Erin has brought up is that there are some centers that don't fall under the care Net umbrella, maybe mom and pops or, you know, it's people that you can just create a pregnancy center. Um, and so they will get girls in and say things that just aren't true. And unfortunately, we are, we are brought into that sort of dysfunction of what a pregnancy center is, even though that's not what we stand for. And I talked about it in the First service, you know it's almost like when if a Christian in the community or a church or Hillsboro or whatever, if they do something that is just crazy wacky out there, all Christians are crazy wacky. And so that's, how, that's what happens with pregnancy centers, specifically care, um, um, care net. But the thing about the negative um, publicity as well is that what I wish and really the desire of my heart, it's like, hey, if you're going to say these terrible things, why don't you just come in? Why don't you just come in and see what we do? I would love to have a conversation with you and show you around. You know, we should never um, stiff arm or, or push them away. Instead, it's just like we've got to welcome them in and kind of you know, love on them. It's like, are you just repeating this because this is what you've heard? Or do you really, really know what we do? Do you know how much we love women? Do you know how much what Karenette does is not about saving the baby? Because we have no say in that at all. What we do is we minister to the mother's heart. And it's out of that ministering to her in a positive and effective and validating and making her feel worth that in turn she will be empowered to make that decision to carry her pregnancy. And that's what we do.
0: Yeah, like we said, when somebody comes in, you give them three options. Someone walks in the door and...
1: Yes. So you have three options. Everybody who's pregnant, every woman who's pregnant (laughs) has three options. So you can choose to carry, you can choose to terminate that pregnancy, or you can choose adoption. We don't know where anybody is when they walk through our doors. We can look at them and we can assess them. You look at their intake form and say, oh, well, she's 15 years old, and we get a lot of 15-year-olds. You know, she's, she's in school. She doesn't have a job. She's already answered. She's had an abortion, you know, on her intake form. So when we go into the room with her, that's what we get. And so we just really need to figure out if she's wanting to um, make that decision for abortion. Why isn't she wanting to make that decision? Does she feel like she doesn't have support? Does she feel like her parents are going to kick her out of the house? Does she feel like she can't go and, and fulfill her dreams and aspirations and, and goals that she has in her life? Does she feel like if she carries this pregnancy that her boyfriend has already said, if you do this, I will leave you? And that's very real to a 15-year-old. And what does that look like? How can we separate him from what she is going through so that she can actually then get the um, advice and the counsel and the support to carry that baby? And that's really what our desire is. It's not our goal because we have no say in it, but it's our desire that she would carry that pregnancy.
0: And so uh, there, there's you know, elements kind of young, and they love to be on social media. And so I, I wrote down a couple questions that some people from Element have had. So, and I said, hey, I'm gonna, I'll ask that question for you. And they were like, okay. (laughs) So I don't think they really do. Who are you? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) this is the question. So, do you just yell at women to not have an abortion, or do you actually do something about it?
1: We yell because that's totally effective. I mean, you guys know that, right? No, we don't. We don't actually do any yelling, because here's the thing. Nobody responds well to being yelled at. You've seen protests. doesn't matter if it's pro-life or pro-choice or whatever protest it is. When you're yelling at somebody, nothing is being heard. And so when we have someone that we're in a room with, and if she's considering abortion, we just have to really find out within her heart of hearts why it is she's feeling like that that's the best decision for her. Not so much to talk her out of it, but it, because it is her decision, but to let her know that should she choose that decision, this is what she could potentially be going through. We do talk about abortion at CareNet. If she's six weeks along, this is what that looks like. If she's eight weeks, 10 weeks, 12 weeks, if she's 20 weeks along. Now in our country, it's just really been coming to light about late-term abortion. Um, and that's always been a thing, just so you all know. But um, yelling at them does not work. We need to listen. And even as we as a body of believers, we need to do that more we need to be better listeners and we need to just love on her in her situation and to help her feel like she's understood and to really give her the tools to let her know that she can do this and support maybe we're the only ones that say you know what look at you you are so smart and you could definitely get this done if you think you can't finish school you can finish school and here's how you can you know to give her those tools of what we have so that she now knows that she can carry through and we've had many many high school students i can See my spit going through the air just so you know. So we have I can't m- see it. We have many, many high <laughs> my hands are going, my spit is going. Um, many high school students who that is a that's a real fear with them is how are they gonna finish how am I gonna go to college? It very much is doable, especially now in this day and age.
0: And if someone does have have an abortion, it's not like you're like, oh, we don't want to talk to you anymore, you're out of here. You actually even have support groups of oh people gosh, who haven't done yes. that.
1: Um, in fact, Mary Saunders, I don't know if she's here this service, um, she leads our after-abortion support group. And we've had that for about 15 years now. So anyone who has been through an abortion, the youngest has been in her 20s and the oldest, I think, is, was 67. And she held on to that secret for 30 years until she went through this healing process. And so we do offer that, and we do let girls know, because sometimes when they leave us, they're still undecided. We've given them the information, but they're just not ready to make a decision yet. So we always say... Hey, if you need to come back or if you have any questions or whatever, we always want CareNet to be a refuge for our clients. We always want to create that safe atmosphere for them.
0: So, um, you know, when people think of pregnancy centers, they're always thinking of abortions and pro life and that kind of stuff. But what resources are there for, you know, just moms all around? You know, because it's really in that miracle of life and that you have resources that aren't just for that, it's for everything.
1: Yeah, sometimes we, you know, there's women in this church I know who have been through miscarriage. Um, and unfortunately that's just something that's not talked about. Um, or women who are sitting here today who have had abortions and they, they're still kind of holding on to that. Um, that's one of the resources that we have. A lot of peer counseling that we do. You know what I love about CareNet is um, the volunteer base that we have, we have 23 volunteers and four paid staff members and a volunteer board of directors. And um, those 23 volunteers are made up of 15 different churches within the area. So, when those volunteers that are client advocates walk through our door, you know, it's like the doctrine is just put down, and they're just there to serve Jesus. And so whatever situation, if they just need peer counseling, maybe resources of, hey, I need help paying this bill, or where can I go for food, or where can I get housing, or you know, I need to just get out of town um, because I need to go live in a maternity home, or I'm looking to place for adoption, but I don't want to stay here. I need to go into a home. We have all of those resources for you. We, ma- we may not be able to actually fulfill those resources as an organization, but we have a list of resources and referrals that we can give anyone Um, who
0: needs it so uh, another one of the questions that was asked was are the classes you have legit I put that in quotes because those words legit like (laughs) is the counseling you do up to date
1: (laughs) yeah um, yeah, I think we're pretty legit. <laughs> yeah, we um, the classes that we have are parenting classes. We have curriculum um, that we get from an organization who absolutely understands pregnancy centers. Um, a lot of them are DVD-led, and there's a worksheet. There's some homework, and the clients bring their folders, and they do that each week, and then they'll come back in and do a second lesson. Um, but yes, we have to be very aware um, and very mindful of things like SIDS, car seat safety, um, things like that, like uh, food for growth, things that can be ever-changing in our society. You know, it used to be like three years or 30 pounds, now it's four years or 40 pounds for the car seat, front, back, rear-facing, forward-facing, you know, all those things that we have to make sure that we give the right information. Um, we do not have any licensed counselors within CareNet, and we don't boast that we do, and we don't say that we do. Um, every Everyone that 's there um, that 's a volunteer comes and goes through our extensive training as well as quarterly in services and so um, it 's more of a peer counseling, so we don 't do any diagnosing we don 't do um, any drug dispensing I mean any nothing like that that a licensed counselor um, would do
0: okay so what i 'd like to move to in this whole idea of the miracle of life, I want to talk about your story a bit and kind of the amazing. Grace-filled journey that God took you on. So, give me, let's give me, give us your story.
1: Um, so, my story is: um, I was placed for adoption at birth, and it was a closed adoption. That was really one of the things too that drew me into CareNet um, because I believe that my story was one that was a miracle because my birth parents um, chose adoption for me. And so, but growing up, my adoption was never really talked about from my parents. And so I sort of had this, this longing of knowing, of wanting to know who I am. And um, just of that generation where they came from, they just didn't talk about it. Um, and so it was never really an, an open conversation that we had. And so I started to search a couple of years ago.
0: How old were you when you found out?
1: Uh, I was in fifth grade.
0: How did you find out?
1: Um, my dad sat me down and just told me. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, like, that was it. I was like, oh. Um,
0: it wasn't, like, in a moment of anger, like, you're being rebellious, and he's like, oh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't. I mean, it was done really nicely and kindly and all of that, but I just thought, oh, my gosh. I remember feeling like everything I thought was true isn't really true, you know, and it's just unfortunate that that conversation didn't continue. Um, especially for me and my heart and, and who I am, you know, it's like I just these are these things that I just need to know, um, but it just didn't, and and that was their choice. And, and how does that,
0: that affect you as you start to go through life a bit? Because I know the interesting thing about adoption is like when we think about God adopting us as as, as a people, it's we were wanted. We were loved. And many times when kids in a place where they hear they were adopted, they focus on the, oh, why wasn't I wanted by these other people and these, instead of the, oh, I was wanted by these people. Right. How did you kind of?
1: Yeah, for me in my story, um, it's, I never really felt that abandonment issue. I never felt um, any of that. What, what my thing was, I just wanted to know who I was. And so all of that, and I was raised in a great family and, and all of that, and had all my needs met and all of that. There was just something emotionally for me, for my story, um, that wasn't met. And that's because I didn't know really who I was or where I came from or what my story was. Um, you know, it's like these Mother's Days and Father's Days and still would pass by um, all of that. You know, And even in high school, like Brian Adams was like my... Um, favorite and I was like, oh man, there's that song from of '69. You know, I think, oh wow, she. Was I
0: got like, my first real six string.
1: Yeah, right. You know, and I, it was like, wow. Okay, so she was like four months prior, five months prior. You know, and these things would go through my head. And and just recently, if any of you have seen that movie, Breakthrough or Break, where the kid falls through the ice <laughs> and then um, he survives.
0: I saw the video on YouTube. Okay. No, I'm kidding. No, I don't know. <laughs> After the Those are the kind of videos I watch. Oh, and then like the motorcycle no, right. went through the ice. Whatever
1: the newest movie is, where he falls through the ice, and he's there for 11 minutes, and then they get him out, and he survives. Okay.
0: So there's this movie. So
1: I saw this movie. <laughs> but anyway, so um, this, this kid is adopted. And so even some of the feelings that he had portrayed in that movie, I was like, oh, yeah, I totally get that. And so that was kind of like resemblances. We didn't have any family resemblances. Mm. And I was always like, gosh, I wonder how I look like. You know, why do I do the things that I do or say that they are, you know, all of these things. Um, So that part I had. So anyway, so fast forward to about two years ago. um, The the closed adoption records were opened in the state that I... um, was born in, and so I was able to get a a non-certified copy of my birth certificate, Um, and I did not tell my adoptive parents I was doing this, because I figured if they're crazy, then I just don't even, well, I'm just not going to pursue it. Um, Thankfully, they're not crazy, my my birth parents, but um, anyway, so I um, got all of their information, and so I was able to contact them. So I'm just giving you guys
0: just a really. How'd you small do it? Did you Facebook stock him? What'd you do?
1: Yeah, I, yeah. There was a, there was a little bit of that in that, um, but otherwise, my birth father had. His, I just googled his name, and up popped his address. You know, thankfully he wasn't like John Smith or you know Tom Jones. But he had a name enough that was unique um, with his... Access.
0: Or Sean Jones. Or Sean Jones,
1: yeah.
0: Who's that? It's one of the guys that does music for us. He's <laughs> oh, here?
1: Yeah. Anybody Jones. And um, so it had his full address. And I thought, you know, I'm just going to write... I'm, I'm just going to write him a letter. I mean, what else can I do? And... Um, so I did that, and, and he received it, and he has his side of it of when he received it, and, and my disruption of his of his life is so great.
0: He's, and, she keeps looking over here because he's actually cause he's right here. over here. And,
1: um, <laughs> so, yeah, but anyway, so we had then communicated through email. I was able to connect with him before my birth mother and just really get to know him. And, and really, when you're talking about the miracle in all of that is... Um, I never hid who I was or what I did, you know, working for CareNet, Net, um, loving babies, um, being pro-life, all of those things. And really, I just loving
0: wanted Jesus. to
1: thank them. Loving Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> uh, doing missions trips, doing all of that. I just really wanted to thank them for giving me life. That was really my biggest thing in wanting to reach out to them. And so um, through all of that and through conversation and things like that, I learned that um, my father really wanted nothing to do with religion. And so I'm like, okay. So, um, I mean, what are you going to do in that case? I thought, you know, my job really is just to get to know him as a person and let God do the rest. You know, I shared earlier that in my office I have a, a picture frame that just says, God is able. And he is no matter what situation, no matter who, who's unsaved in your family or what you're going through, God is able. And so I just trusted, trusted God in that situation. It's like, I'm not here to convert him or my birth mother. You know, I'm just here to find out who I am and, and my story. And it was actually through that um, that when my birth father came and visited, it was like God just really started to draw him in. You know, he had grown up in the church church of england went to divinity classes heard scripture learned scripture um, decided to walk away which sometimes can happen to young people in teenage you know in their teenage years and so for 55 years 55 years he had nothing and then we come along and so god just really restored that Um, in him and there's that scripture in Isaiah that God's word does not return void and it is so true even when you feel like oh my gosh how long is this going to take how long how long how long we don't know we're just told not to give up and so um, he was able to recommit his um, life to Jesus and get baptized and so it's just been really a good so that really is the miracle um, in all of that and I also just wanted to talk really quick if I have a second someone had come up to me in first service he is a a father who had placed uh, who uh, an adoptive father and so he just sort of wanted to know that story because um for him it's like gosh I, I don't know really what I would do if um my daughter would want to find her birth parents or or go and and be with them and you know for me and my story I don't know what your story is but for me and my story it's not about replacing it's about adding you know, it's about adding for my kids, you know, to get a second set of grandparents, you know, and for me to get to know um, my birth parents. It does not replace, it does not make it any different or worse or better or anything. And, and so that, for me, um, the story of adoption is what that's done for me.
0: And it's kind of cool, just the just the providence of God that you get placed for adoption, you end up with this family, you come to a place of faith in your life, you reconnect with your family, and then through all of that, God uses all those circumstances to bring more people to know and love Him. That's true. I mean, it's, it's, it's really kind of, kind of cool. And that's what God does. I mean, God's just good. You know, His, the providence of who He is and what He does and how He moves us to all these different places in our lives. I mean you've been mentioned last service uh, you know the sadness of sometimes when there's different types of pregnancies like when, when you have a miscarriage or maybe someone is born with Down syndrome and all that that of how God is still good even in the midst of all of those things. Yes. And and again if you know people who are struggling or been through some things and want some people to talk to in regard to that, you know, CareNet mm-hmm. is there. Uh, you know, the the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ is that God has come to rescue and save us through what Jesus did to bring us back to relationship with himself. And then all that we do, like the care nets and the ministry of element, this, these are all the results of the gospel of what God has done. And so we need to, I think, as people begin to understand more of God's rescue of us. Because when we understand God's rescue of us, it does us. Change. It changes how we live and how we interact with those around us. And we're about done, so I'm going to give you a couple things here. First off, if you want to talk to Christina or her birth father, uh, they're actually going to be in the back. Last service, I don't think you made it out of the room. <laughs> so, but if you want to and, you, and, the, and look for them in the back, uh, there are also. Usually in uh, January, we hand out these baby bottles, but everything was so busy this year. Uh, so I figured we do it today. And what these are, are just little baby bottles. Keep them for about four weeks. What spare change you have in your pockets throughout four weeks. Just fill these baby bottles with them and bring them back over the next four weeks. And we give them to CareNet. It all goes there for them to, uh, to, for their ministry and to pay for the things that they do. And if you bring it back and it is full, maybe you get mugged on the way, they're great to... They're solid. So don't go grab one and be like, oh, you know, because they're uh, apparently, uh, they used to be real baby bottles, and now they're like uh, giving baby bottles. They're not, there's a hole you can put change in it, but you can screw off the top and put paper in it, too.
1: Well, not just paper.
0: <laughs> what? No. That's not meant. Oh, yeah, Bill. Sorry. You can you,
1: write us notes. That's fine, too. What's you can write us? No,
0: so I mean, you know, takes like checks and paper money and Why things money? like that. <laughs> Uh, so, again, we as Element, we, we love what Karenette does. And really, this is kind of the tip of what they kind of do, what we talk about this morning. But there's, there's so many amazing things about the miracles that God does. And before we hit the miracles in the rest of the series throughout the summer of, you know, like God part in the sea or man in the wilderness or Jonah getting fa- swallowed by a big fish, all that stuff. I think it's also good to understand the practical outworkings of the miracles that God does. And really, Christina's story is one of those. And I think all the people that they touch in their ministry are miracle stories as well. And so what I would just like to do is pray over you guys. I'm going to dismiss you. You can talk to Christina if you want. Have a good day with your mom. Don't drink too many mimosas. <laughs> or if you do, don't drive it home. Okay. <laughs> and uh, grab a baby bottle and, and say hi. And if you look, again, look for a place to be involved, karenet uh, is a great place to do that. Uh, Let's pray. Father, this morning, we thank you for being so gracious to us, for being a God who has rescued and saved us, that really, in the end, that we are a people who have been adopted by you, that you wanted us and you loved us and you brought us in. And no matter what kind of family we have had here on this earth, we have a Father who cares for us and calls us and leads us so much so that you did not leave us in a place where we were separated from you forever, but you allowed your son to come and pay the penalty that we ourselves had incurred by running in rebellion away from you. And yet you call us back to yourself. And in that call, you then begin to change us as you restore us, and you send us back out to talk about the miracle of life, new life that we have received. And that you, as our great God, lead us into great and new places. Sometimes places we would never want to go ourselves, but we end up there because you are leading us there. So I ask that you would continue to lead us to those places to find our strength and our hope in who you are. And that today we would stand amazed at the miracle of life that we have all received. And we would worship and honor you because of it. Amen. All right. You guys have a good week. Jesus loves you. Say hi to Christina. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right, now let's see if I can run up. <laughs>